Good morning, world. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. I hope your life is the best that it can be at the present time. So this is going to be not a different episode, but it's a very um, personal. To be a, yeah, this yeah, this be a very personal show for me, and I would think it's a very personal show for all that is involved in the content that I'm gonna be talking about. So we gotta remember that the recap, this show, Next Generations, is honest, unscripted, unique, refreshing commentary for all ages to be informed and entertained about everything from anthropology to zebra cakes. <laughs> And once again, I'm your host, Respect, and I appreciate your time listening. This particular um, topic here, so what they would say, a doozy, it's a doozy. <laughs> Some people say um, it has impossibilities wrapped into it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do something a little bit different that I think people are accustomed to when they listen to these shows. We're going to do it in kind of like a, my kind of storytelling way, per se. Before I get into that, I would like to give all of my condolences to people that are steadily passing away all across the world from COVID-19. And I would definitely want to give my condolences to all the families and victims, the violence that's going on with hip hop and the rappers and everything, which that's a whole nother segment for another day because there's still a lot of things going on in that arena where I'm not comfortable speaking on um, a lot of those things yet even though I have a good idea how everything's working and I follow this kind of stuff because hip hop did save my life so with that said though much respect, condolences and everything to all these um these victims right now and what I just found out about 21 Savage's little brother was stabbed to death in the UK by one of his old friends allegedly that's the information is coming out right now from the uk condolences to 21 savage i mean his last album i rock it and anybody that knows me let i tell you that i'm not a huge 21 savage fan when it comes to lyrics he's not a lyrical rapper to me that's my personal opinion but metro booming metro booming did all the production on the whole album it's fire and he has morgan freeman narrating the whole album I like the project. I think it's a really good project. But Kadosis to 21 and his uh, for his loss, his family, and everything with his little brother. Now, we're going to go ahead and go back to, let's say, 1987-ish. Yeah. I know in a lot of middle schools during that time, you couldn't get into, you couldn't get into sports until you were in seventh grade. At least I know in Texas, that's how it was. You cannot do organized sports like that. You can do PBE leagues and all that kind of other stuff in between. But as far as with sanctioned by the school district, it was seventh grade. And I was always a kid that loved sports. I, I always try to do it all and be the best at it all or whatever, whatever. When it came to as a child, as an adult, the whole trying thing fell to the wayside. It's actually a word that I removed from my um, personal vocabulary. And it, it happens to work for me in my life. And that's something else we could talk about at another time also. But I did every sport. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Every sport that's still going imaginable. That was offered during that time. I was on the basketball team. I played football. I was on track and field. All that stuff. And, and that takes me to a story about a kid joined the tennis team and he was the only african-american on the tennis team and he's approximately 12 years old the other kids didn't want him on the tennis team because he was african-american now mind you this kid made sure grades were good being good in general so on so forth all the homework all the church um duties chores so he could get a new tennis racket tennis balls then you have to have a uniform, the polo shirt, the shorts, and some actual tennis tennis shoes. Because during that time, you had Andre Agassi popping, Boris Becker, uh, Noah. Uh, who else? We had Pete Sampras. You had Chang. And then even you get into the women, you go to Sabatini, Martina Navratilova. 
Chris Everett was on the way out at the time, I believe. And, you know, Joe McEnroe um, was hanging around a little bit too then. But you get to just what I'm saying. Fame, Arthur Ashe Stadium, so on and so forth. So that kid, you know, basically got racially bullied out of the tennis deal. And then uh, uh, that made me think about Tiger Woods with him, you know, in his pursuit of golf legacy that was passed down from his father, which was African-American, Native American, and I believe that's it. Or he might, was he Chinese also? Yes, his dad was African-American, Chinese, Native American descent. Dad was also a lieutenant colonel and was a Vietnam War veteran. That's where he met Tiger Woods' mother when he's in Thailand. The mother, she's of Thai, Chinese, and Dutch descent. Okay. We know as far as Tiger's visual appearance, he could go across the board. You know, let's just be honest. Um, Tiger could go for Hawaiian. He could go for Dominican. He could go for Puerto Rican. He could go for Brazilian. I mean, he he could go for Eritrean. He could go for South African. Tiger could go all across the board. He could also go for exactly what he is with that set. Before I get back into this, let me go ahead and, and get this out the way real quick. If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at the real respect t-h-a real respect that's my instagram you can also see our art when i say our art talking about egypt and i which is my chihuahua because she's always here it's always around whether i'm creating this content here which i'm doing she's right there laying down or when i'm creating the art or poems or whatever taking pictures she's around usually with the pictures just depends exactly where I'm at at the time. So you can check that out at nextgenerations.redbubble.com. That's nextgenerations.redbubble.com. So Instagram at the real respect. And that's on Instagram for artwork, photography, nextgenerations.redbubble.com. And I'm also open to consultations and speaking engagements also you can leave any of that information on the instagram okay now we're going all the way in because uh, i know we only have about 10 minutes or so before y'all have to get back to your day i appreciate your time okay so the interview that i'm gonna speak about when it comes to tiger woods is the one that he did with trans world sport in 1990 uh, that'll make tiger what 14 years old during that time right and you can check them out on youtube you know i watched this video on youtube once i thought about it, i was looked up look at some tiger old tiger videos when i was thinking about this stuff you know so this is a, this is an interview that i do remember also too because it was a big deal when it came out and the interviewer he asked tiger basically you know like do you ever feel under any kind of pressure you know or prejudice because golf is quite often seen as an upper class white game you know and tiger responded by saying every time i go to a major country club i always felt it i can always sense it when I go to Texas or Florida, you always feel it. They then say, why are you here? You ain't supposed to be here. Tiger then said, that's probably because that's where all the slavery was. And he sucks his teeth and shrugs his shoulders, you know, while saying, oh, well, like, oh, well. And, you know, that's, that's interesting in itself. And mind-blowing this is in 1990 and this is when the world is really getting on the map by tiger the interviewer i think they were from the uk i believe i'm not totally sure don't quote me on that but i heard uh, um english type of um queen's english type of accent and then i was thinking about um you know augusta with the masters and and the history of the of the masters 
So it, it, it gets even more interesting. Now, you know, with the Masters, which is Augusta, Georgia, they didn't have, or actually, the first time they even allowed a known African American to even touch the grass, basically, if they would cutting it, it was in 1975. Now, keep in mind that interracial marriage was just passed by the U.S. federal government in 1967. So y'all got to put these time frames, you know, together, you know, and that way you can get to now and you'll see how all this correlates together and it meshes together. And while a lot of these things that are happening and the, the mind frame should not even be remotely surprising. They got their first African-American member in 1990. We didn't even get into allowing women and things of that nature that's a whole nother thing in itself <laughs> so back so back to this interview he then asked tiger if you only had one tournament to win what would it be and he was like you know what what tournament captures your imagination And Tiger says, the Masters, because the way blacks have been treated there. Since I'm black, I may be even bigger than Jack Nicholas or Tom Watson. Since I'm black, I may be even bigger than Jack Nicholas, at least to blacks, or at least to the blacks, I believe he says. Something like a MJ in basketball. Something like that. Now, that that's this is very interesting, and 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 we're gonna unpack this that that bottom section. I'm gonna tell you why. He says something like a Michael Jordan. That's actually what he says. I say MJ, but he says something like a Michael Jordan in basketball, something like that. And I know that sounds crazy because we all know Michael Jordan's like the greatest ever. Like a lot of people think by far, you know. The greatest ever without a doubt no question so on and so forth you remember we got to take this back this is an interview in 1990 so at that time you figure tigers remembering like the 87 88 season the 88 89 season 89 90 season right and he you know is a really competitive and an athlete athlete like a top tier talent of an athlete you know, as like a Michael Jordan, right? So they mind frame is, is a little different than the average athlete, even the average athlete that we think is really good. You know, that's what makes them great versus somebody that's really good. So when you take that into account, you have to figure, you got to see where Tiger's coming from with that statement. Something like a Michael Jordan in basketball, something like that. Because see, at that time, to a lot of people and a lot of the pundits of the sports world and globally Michael Jordan wasn't known as the greatest basketball player that we had ever seen at that time when Tiger's going through this this in his head and, and, and talking on this interview you see because believe it or not I'm going to say some names to you that you might have never heard of but these players were ill great basketball players and of course, you had Larry Bird, which in 87 season, 88 season, he averaged 29.9 points a game. The 88, 89 season, that's when Larry, because Larry was on his downturn at this time, y'all. Remember, Larry came in in the 70s with Magic. His back, knees, so on and so forth. So the 88, 89 season, he played six games. He averaged 19.3 points a game, you know, that year with six games. And even a lot of people think that a lot of players slacked off of him because of the respect they have for him. And they know he's on his way out pretty soon. You know, and it's Larry Bird, man. I mean, it's Larry Bird. You know what I'm saying? Respect. <laughs> and then 89, 90 year, Larry played like um, 
what, 75 games or something like that. And he ended up averaging 24.3 points a year. So you got to realize that people think, oh, we got the old bird back mentality. Okay, so keep that in mind. As I go to, go down this list, a short list though. And then you have um, like Tom Chambers, which Tom Chambers in 87-88, he averaged 20.4 points a game. He was 6'10", balling, and he had spectacular dunks. He like posterized Mark Jackson, and I rock with Mark Jackson. Respect Mark Jackson. I rock with you. Legend. You know what I'm saying? And the street ball game was dumb on, on the streets up north. You know what I mean? So I rock with you, Mark, but posterized. You know, and that's Tom Chambers. And Tom Chambers in 88-89, he averaged 25.7 points a game. Then in 89-90, Tom Chambers averaged 27 points a game. Okay. Then you have Mark Price. You got Mark Price, which he was known as this gritty, hard-nosed point guard. During that time, he was arguably, people used to debate if he was the best point guard or in the top three point, point guards in the NBA. You know, I'm, and I remember these these talks, these um, debates, and I remember um, even us as kids talking about these players trading cards, you know, so on and so forth. So I, I know the energy and the, the mind state during this time with, and, and sports has always been like this. Sports is a reflection of the people of the culture also. So then you have Mark Price. He had 16 points at 87, 88. And he had 88. In 88-89, he had 19 points. And in 89-90, he had 19.6 points. Okay. Now, when you go to MJ numbers, in 87-88, MJ had 35 points a game. In 88-89, MJ had 32.5 points a game. In 89-90 season, MJ had 33.6 points a game. So then you say, well, why are you telling me about all these other guys and their points and stuff? I mean, I kind of see Bird. He's a legend. But why are these other guys? That's the point. And that's the point why Tigers said what he said the way he said it. Because until the 90-91 Bulls, the 92-93 Bulls, 93-94 Bulls, you see, that's the, the Mike, 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 Mike. When he just was in a whole nother level, like a mesosphere. You feel me? That's what Tiger's basically saying when he says, since I'm black, I may be bigger than Jack Nicholas, at least to the blacks. Something like a Michael Jordan in basketball, something like that. Because black people, or as Tiger would say, I was African-American, were like, yo, M- yo, MJ the truth, that Michael Jordan guy, he the truth. He gonna be like the greatest ever, fam. You know, so on and so forth. And then you had people that were non-African-American that were still hanging on to the Larry Bird idea because you got to realize that basketball used to be an all-Caucasian sport only. So during this time, even though the league was predominantly African-American for the most part around this time period we're talking about, it was nowhere near as African-American as it is now. It's kind of like that change was coming and, and people are uncomfortable with change. And, and sometimes it was, you know, maliciously talked about with the hanging ons of certain players versus other players and so on, the ushering in of this of this new era and these new type of athletes but for the most part you know it was pretty cordial the the, the negativity was mostly behind the scenes with contracts and endorsements and and so on and so forth that had to be overcome you know once they went ahead and accepted that you know i mean it's just gonna be mostly african-americans you know and, and then we just train up and other coaches could train up and we'll welcome them too when they come. And you know, and that's how it should have been looked at from the beginning. But anyway, so so that's what you gotta put your mind at with, with these things like this with Tiger. And then and that's the early Tiger. Remember, this is Tiger at 14 years old. And you got the middle part with Tiger's life. We'll touch on that a little bit. And then you also have, you know, where he's at now, which he's always have done things behind the scenes for the African American community, other things of philanthropy throughout the world throughout his years that you know decades that we have known him as an adult and he's taking his bumps and bruises along the way too just like when he had caught the dui i think he was in jupiter 41 years old the crazy mugshot picture that went viral everywhere they had him described as far as his nationality as black and there was a mid-period when he lost the african-american support per se on 
on I, I know on, on, on certain levels I don't know what anybody else might think but I know for sure to where it was certain groups African Americans that wasn't rocking with Tiger because he was saying that he was Cabal Asian which is Caucasian Indian Asian and black which is Native American you know I mean not Indian per se not even I mean you know I'm not gonna get into that but <laughs> so he had that in the midpoint of when he was having all the success actually and when a lot of things were still going on like the things that's happening now were still going on then you know and, and, and that's a whole nother thing everyone has to realize around the whole world listen to me listen to my voice please this has always been going on all of this that you're seeing right now that America is involved in with our law enforcement with our systematic racism with our disregard and respect to each other's cultures since day one if there is a day one here okay let's be clear about facts let's not get sideways and and shut down just because the facts could be uncomfortable or the facts could actually hurt it needs to be talked about because it needs to be figured out moving right along now let's segue to another story here so we had the, the kid that was a tennis player 87 ish we got tiger woods 14 years old 1990 and then we'll fast forward to around 2000 and I believe five around 2005 we'll go there around 2005 you had a young man that was working at a country club a golf country club in Panama City as a sous chef and the executive chef had connections to the Arnold Palmer course country club on Panama City Beach his sous chef had never even played golf he's an African-American gentleman never played golf interested in it though so they go to the links that's what you call the golf course you know what i'm saying the lingo they go to the link the little that i know about golf is the earlier tee times the cheaper it is and the less people and that's usually kind of like which are not so good players and always players so on and so forth like it's an etiquette there you know and then your afternoon or your mid-morning afternoonish to your early afternoon times are the most expensive and that's like when the shooters get together and big business deals and very affluent things going on. So from my understanding, like the worst thing that you could do, the most uncouth thing that you can do when you on a golf course, no matter like where you're at in the world, is tee off and there's other people that's still there to where they could have a chance of getting hit with the golf ball. The chef explains all this to his sous chef. The chef is the one that helped him get clubs off of Craigslist, helped him know what kind of shoes to kind of get because you got to have certain particular shoes on when you play golf so you don't mess up the grass and the greens and everything. You know, it's a, it's a science and thing to all of this. It's a beautiful thing, actually, and a very difficult game to play. The polo shirt because they have dress codes there, you know, so he got him up to snuff on all that, got him up to par, whatever turn you want to use. Got him up to speed, showed him the ropes. Boom, 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 boom. They're out there doing their thing. Not that many people out there. They hear a ball get hit. And then the ball lands like 10 feet away from him. And the chef is like looking crazy like, who in the HE double hockey sticks? They don't supposed to be doing that. They know better than this. This never happens here. I'm so sorry. And then he goes, talks to the gentleman, comes back. They rush through the course. They go to the clubhouse, you know, turn stuff in, what may have you. And the chef explains to the sous chef that the gentleman that was golfing behind him that was between 60, 70 years old did that as a warning shot to inform the chef that the other guy don't supposed to be here. It didn't sit right with that chef too good. 
nor nor did it with the sous chef by the way <laughs> and they but everything was cordial he was in the clubhouse and those same gentlemen came through in the clubhouse which apparently they was probably better than the chef and the sous chef because the chef and the sous chef was still in the clubhouse when those guys came in you know and the chef um went ahead and approached the guys told them that they don't have to be like that this is 2000s and it's, they embarrassed him in front of his friend and his employee you have these different stories of this happening that's 2005 and that same chef and sous chef end up learning more about each other the sous chef actually I learned about autism because that executive chef had three boys that had autism and he was on three different parts of the spectrum so it's all kind of communication and positive things could come out of all this stuff if we just if the cooler heads prevail and we keep our eye on the prize and right is right wrong is wrong and we use logic and reasoning in the process we should be okay and do our best to be selfless now another tie-in that we'll have is this was interesting too it was the story with a uk african let me let me phrase that better an african that's in the uk that lives in the uk stay in an apartment building in the uk and that was just recently and he put it online of when he was in the elevator by himself and there's a sign inside the elevator that says no more than two people or up to two people because of the covid19 restrictions and an asian lady decides to get on the elevator and hold the open door button down so the door can stay open and demand for him to get off the elevator so she can go to her apartment i'm gonna repeat that one more time an african man in the united kingdom in his apartment building was in the elevator waiting for the door to close so he can go up to his apartment in his apartment building and another tenant got onto the elevator held the open door button so the door can stay open and demanded that he get off of the elevator so she can go up to her apartment I'm let that soak in for a second in 2020 Okay. And what ended up happening was a verbal exchange with back and forth. Nobody invades each, each other's space. The authorities end up being called. Matter of fact, before the, the authorities were called, another lady came into the apartment building, came to get on the elevator because she was holding the door open, the open door button. So another lady proceeded to get onto the elevator like just like normal. And when that lady got in, the Asian lady walked out of the elevator. And then her voice raised and she started calling them names and they went to cursing back and forth, even though the African dude did curse a little bit prior. You know, after the doors were closing kind of deal, she's on the outside. I mean, all of this is online. I mean, it's all news now because all the news is online now. That's another <laughs> story in this um, circle, this cycle that you see here that's happening, that's transpired, that's never went away. You also have the Albany Police Department. You had a sergeant on there, I believe. <sighs> oh, man. He was talking to a sheriff at a gas station. You know how this video cam footage, they say that it gets audited. It's not like just regularly reviewed or it's like just a teen that just constantly reviewed this footage that they, that they, I mean, the officers themselves supposedly don't have control over really to record, not record or turn on and off per se. Supposedly like come from a separate like command center from my understanding for the functionality of it like that. They just gear up. Well, a sheriff and an Albany police officer we're having a conversation at a gas station. I don't I sound like another officer was around too. I'm not sure. But this is a video that's out about this. And he was talking about how, matter of fact, it's November 1st. The transcript 
was on November 1st, but people weren't able to have access to it until like the 13th or something or 14th or something like that. But anyway, this this, this Albany, New York police officer was saying African Americans are the worst effing race. He said African Americans are the worst effing race. They are getting worse and worse and people are defending that. Okay, let me go ahead and do my best to do it at the cadence that he said it. He said, African Americans are the worst effing race. Getting worse and worse. People are defending that. I, I'm not quite clear on what he's saying people are defending. Because the last time I checked, African-American people aren't the worst of anything. So I beg to differ with that, Mr. Officer. Okay, I got another one. Now, Derek Jeter. Well-renowned Derek Jeter, New York Yankees, great representer of American sports, sports in general, but definitely of baseball, which is known as a purely American sport. But Derek Jeter, his mother is Irish and his father African-American. Derek Jeter, throughout his dating life, he, he's known for being a big-time dater throughout his whole career that made the tabloids as much as baseball did actually and that's the culture you know side that we live in so that's known publicly about Derek Jeter and his female pursuits I should say not but not now I mean not now I'm talking about in the past is in the past he's supposed to be happily married right now and all that good stuff Derek Jeter like I said mom Irish dad African-American Derek Jeter said while he was a Yankee and doing all the great things for the city organization, for the sport itself. Living his own life, dating who he wants. He leans more dating Caucasian women. And a lot of people find offense to that. All different cultures. So now get it twisted. Remember what's right is right, wrong is wrong. I don't ever want y'all to, to think that this show it's always it's going to be just leaning on one way, leaning on another way. It's not how it works with me. That is not how it works with your host respect. It's about respect. That's respect in all. Good and the bad. All cultures. Okay? Derek Jeter said that he would get death threats from shootings to being set on fire if he keeps dating white women. The FBI, the NYPD, hate crimes unit have done investigations on these things. Now, Derek Jeter doesn't play professional baseball anymore. He retired only six years ago, though. So just think about it. Through his career, and he retired up to only six years ago, which would be 2014, was that he has a story like that. Then even if we get into another kind of celebrity or platform, you have Angela Yee of The Breakfast Club. Angela Yee, her dad is Chinese, and her mother is from Montserrat or a lot of Americans say Montserrat <laughs> you know what I'm saying it is a British territory it's only 10 by 7 miles has 4,993 people 36% of the population is poor with children 15 years and younger experiencing by far the highest poverty rate account for over one-third of the poor population think about that for a second the island of Montserrat which is a British territory come on Britain tighten up UK come on fam we gotta look out for each other each one teach one right we gotta help each other if you're gonna claim the territory take care of the people it also goes for the United States with Hawaii I'm not gonna even get on that one right now about how the poverty rate is in Hawaii and how they do a lot of the native Hawaiians in Hawaii. These are things that we have to work on with our territories too. Okay? 
It's not, you know, so it's right is right, wrong is wrong. We love our people, all of them. At least we should. So you got Montserrat British territory. It's part of the Lesser Antilles, which is what this is around. Um, you got the Lesser Antilles, which Antigua. I know St. John's is around there. Then north of there, you have like Puerto Rico. And you got your bigger islands, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Haiti. You know, you got your larger Antilles and your lesser Antilles. So those little chain islands, Carousel, Nevis, St. Kitts, Nevis, that area. That's where Angelese, that's where Angelese mother's from. That's where Angelese mother's from. And if you want to check my data per se on that, I got that information from the PHO and from the WHO. So your PHO is your Pan-American Health Organization and your WHO is the World Health Organization, okay? All right, cool, cool. About to wind this down. About to wind this down. It's just that this is is weighing on me. It's just important that that this information get out there. We're going to jump back just real quick. I'm going to touch back on with our law enforcement, which I do appreciate. Even me personally, I haven't had the greatest experiences with our law enforcement. But I don't hold every individual officer accountable for other officers' actions. It's just people have to understand that it's hard and virtually impossible to get any group of people, regardless of ethnicity, culture, whatever, to trust an entity that takes an oath to protect and serve. No matter what city, county, state we go to in our great country that we're working on towards greatness, actually, right? To where it doesn't say protect and serve. How do you supposed to feel protected? How do you think you're going to get served if a certain mind frame is that of African-Americans are the worst effing race. They're getting worse and worse and people are defending that. It's a question. It's a thought. But it's actually one of our officers that takes an oath to protect and serve statement. And he's not the first one. He's not going to be the last one. But we have to get this under control. We have to vet this some kind of way which we'll be able to get into that as things unfold when we see what's going on with these reforms and once again I will say there's no absolution of anyone that is in a leadership position in our government on these issues right now everybody is being held accountable at least at least in my mind's eye they are at least to me they are I have no favorites I'm result oriented any results actions speak loud in words and just do respectful along the way it's not a difficult it's just about swallowing pride accepting change and being unselfish you can sprinkle a couple other things in there too now we're going to talk about Tiffany Johnson. Tiffany Johnson, 37-year-old woman, uh, lives in Woodside, part of Queens, I believe. And it was an incident that happened in Queens, New York, where some lady like just came out the blue, threw a glass bottle at her and started calling her like all kind of names and stuff. Bugging, crazy, you know what I mean? So Miss Johnson, she didn't, and Miss Johnson is African-American female. And the antagonist is non-african-american miss johnson didn't report the august 17th attack on 53rd place in broadway in her neighborhood until a friend saw the video her friend saw a video and was like basically like oh shoot that's my home girl you know the video was going viral or whatever so she let miss johnson know and then miss johnson went ahead and contacted um the authorities because authorities wanted to know any information about the incident and it's online so you can go check the, the video out itself i'm not gonna break the whole video down i'm just gonna get to the, the nitty-gritty of this so after the woman yelled whatever whatever threw the glass bottle at her 
Miss Johnson stopped and was like, well, I mean, what's the deal? She was like, I couldn't understand what was going on. I thought maybe she was mistaking me for somebody else. But a lady responded to her, why aren't you in Africa? Mother effing, yeah, in um, that. Now, I'm going I'm go ahead and be straight up with you, man. <laughs> Oh man, I don't. I I didn't even know people still use that phrase, man. The whole go back to Africa thing. I mean, really? Still saying that in these streets? That's what we doing? <laughs> oh man, Miss Johnson, she handled it very um professionally. She held it down well. She said that she jogs in the neighborhood all the time. She changes her routes up, but she jogs several times a week. Never saw the lady before. Never had any problems with this lady. She said her first instinct was just to avoid further confrontation. Quote, I just wanted to get away from her as quickly as possible. My safety was my first concern. Her mentality is her problem. I don't really like to take on other people's issues. That she thinks that way is her problem, not my problem. And Ms. Tiffany Johnson went ahead and said, black women often have to deal with casual overt acts of racism. Don't let anyone steal your joy. I'm gonna go back to that real quick. Ms. Johnson feels often that black women have to deal with casual and overt acts of racism. Don't let anyone steal your joy. She goes on and says, we're really resonant as women. We're soulful. As women of color, we're deep thinkers. We stick together as women of color, she said. We know that these people exist. We rise above them. We don't let them drag us down. We just keep moving forward, as I did in that video. Now, I just read that excerpt from the Daily News. And I'm going to tell you that this story is so cut and dry that it almost doesn't matter where you get the content for as far as this story. I mean, the video's cut and dry. The audio's cut and dry. The witness is cut and dry. You know, so everybody's pretty much uh, copy and paste and reporting the same thing. But uh, it's a couple, it's a couple things that I just want to touch on with this one. It happened in August, and we didn't hear about it until sometime in September. And see, that's a problem too, to me personally, because let's say it wouldn't have got videoed. If it wouldn't have never got videoed, we would never knew it existed. She would never said nothing. She would have just brushed it off. Basically, what she's saying. And she just goes on with her life. You see. And then that person could antagonize someone else. Possibly hurt somebody else if she hit somebody with something. Or somebody could hurt her in retaliation for her actions. And we don't want neither nor. Right? We have to speak up, people. I'm not saying you gotta go out there and, and you know with a megaphone or a bullhorn. You know, not at all. You could do a simple report. You could do a calling report on that. But it needs to be documented at least. We have to start getting a track record, data, statistics. Well, as they used to say back in the day, a paper trail. You always want to have a paper trail. It's like having a resume. That's why your Uber professionals keep stacking educational degrees on top of educational degrees. Validation. Something to stand on. People just don't want to hear you study talking about how this happened, how that happened, but people like, but where's that? I almost never see it. There's no evidence of it. Y'all always saying this. Well, we got internet now. And the internet is another big time player in all of this. And I'm gonna go over the internet also. I was thinking about doing it for the next show and breaking down the, you know, for people to understand. And, and you know what? Don't hate. I'm like, ah, I ain't gonna listen next show. I wanna hear about no internet. Internet's boring. Hey, brother, how you gonna teach me something about the internet? I have one question. Why does the internet exist? And just to piggyback on that one, your cell phone, you use your web browser. So that web browser that you type stuff in, where did it come from? What's the idea behind it? And I said one question and turned to three just then, which goes to a couple more. I will be simplifying the internet <laughs> or what people deem as the internet when it's actually the internet and 
www dot you know the world wide web that makes your browser so you can do what you do and we can do what we do and i can do what i'm doing to be able to give you this beautiful content and lace you with this nice and silky voice <laughs> but no for real oh man that's such a serious 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 intense um topic but it needs to be talked about i do my best to throw some humor in there you know just you know try to lighten it up a little bit or she'll go mad in the midst of all this beautiful chaos that we have going on here it's a way of life you know as we know it anyway so far and we just need to really respect each other put our heads together man and i mean it, it, we can do this it's not it's not something that is a hundred percent impossible we just gotta be more doors be more doors let our actions speak along while we're talking <laughs> and once again which um i have to get used to this promoting myself properly if you want to contact me it is on instagram at the real respect on instagram t-h-a-r-e-a-l-r-e-s-p-c-t you can also check out purchase my art photography you know which is technically our art of photography because it's egypt's and eyes and then of course you guys you know my listeners and peoples my inspirations you know the fam family all that good stuff and that is on nextgenerations.redbubble.com and also you got this platform here my next generation show thank you for listening to next generations please like share subscribe on the platforms as for subscribing i am a one-man band here teaching myself video audio doing my best to put out some good content because i care if you can support please support there should be a donation link on all the platforms somewhere either on the top or on the bottom also if you don't want to go that route or if you can't go that route that is fine there's no love lost i love you guys my cash app is respect facts and that's my cash app if you'd like to help out that way it'll be much appreciated i appreciate you listening i can't wait until to do this next one and we're gonna see what's gonna happen in between time man you know once again my condolences to all of the victims of covid you know rest in peace like i said before to my cousin his father that passed away from covid19 r.i.p rest in peace rest in power to my aunt cora that passed away from covid19 same thing condolences and all that stuff once again to everybody man especially the the young ones you know what i mean for every time somebody's born somebody's passing away it's not exactly you know that statistic but it's pretty much how it works thank you for your time have a beautiful morning best as you can beautiful afternoon a beautiful evening i love you guys all across the world oh yeah by the way that kid joined the tennis team 1987 ish that was me that's sous chef that was with that executive chef that was me also the point of that and the way i did that was to give different levels you had from someone as massive as a person as tiger woods all the way down to me your average joe Today, I was asked, do I really think racism exists? And I just hope whoever is listening out here across the world, if you was on the fence about it or you didn't believe before, I hope you do now because we just solved your first problem. The next thing is, what are you going to do about it? What is the part that you play in it? What's your role? And also, this one, as far as show, is for people to be able to reflect too, think, talk, share it with people. It's very important. We're not going to be able to actually keep our species going properly if we don't get this figured out some kind of way across the world. <laughs>
that is. Happy holidays to everybody. Happy Turkey Day. I think it's only like four countries that celebrate Thanksgiving. I think Canada's in October or something like that. But I want to say everybody that's working, we appreciate you. I know I do. I need to give a shout out to, of course, all my family and friends. I'm thankful for all you guys. I'm thankful for the conversations, the experiences I've had. And I'm thankful that I have a pretty decent memory. So I got memories of each and every one of you. Too many to name, actually. And I'm definitely thankful for the health that I do have. My immediate family. So many people don't have their loved ones, you know. And they're alone. Which is sad. But it's life and it's reality. Hopefully they stand strong. And they got a sound mind. And I want to give a shout out to Top Flight Security. Have my boy Giovanni working today. You know, I do and go to different properties for my job. And they have security and stuff like that. So I'm giving a shout out to Top Flight. Security of the world, Craig. <laughs> like I said, shout out to my boy Giovanni. Shout out to the Waterside Squad. Old Byron and Devin. And the other Waterside Squad. Like I said, my man Giovanni. You have Jess over there. The homie. You got Austin. Mr. Man in Black, like y'all from Men in Black or something, you know what I mean? Men in Black Junior. <laughs> They'll get the joke, trust. And I haven't talked to this dude in a minute. He transferred to a different security company, but my boy Amir. And Amir, he's from uh, Bosnia. So shout out to all the Bosnians. What it do? Europeans, Eastern ones, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And just happy Turkey Day, gobble gobble peoples. I love all you guys. And don't forget, if you want to get in touch with me, you get in touch with me on Instagram at The Real Respect. Consultation, food questions. <laughs> I'm about to cook my own food now for Thanksgiving, actually. You know, in Egypt and now, we're going to eat good. We're going to eat good. You can also find the merchandise on nextgenerations.redbubble.com. Once again, it's all about the next generations. Each one, teach one. Love each other, respect each other. Deuces.